Hi, Scott here. Just a quick thing before we roll into the episode. Just recently, I've put together this little uh, free guide for DIY indie labels that basically takes a lot of the knowledge and wisdom that I've heard from these label owners and managers that I've interviewed through these episodes, I distill some of that information and I put it into this little PDF that you can get by going to otherrecordlabels.com. I think you'll find it really helpful. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. It's a free guide. So make sure you go to otherrecordlabels.com to check it out. Hello, and welcome to Other Record Labels, a brand new podcast where I talk with people from other record labels. I'm Scott Orr, and I suppose I'm your host. You know, this kind of all started a couple months ago. I was coming to the end of my seventh year running Other Songs, which is a a small indie label here in Canada. Um, We had done a bunch of EPs and full lengths um, and some studio tours that we do on YouTube, and things were going um, pretty well. And even though um, 2017 had actually been one of our biggest years financially, for some reason I was feeling really discouraged and, and sort of alienated. Um, I kept, I found myself comparing my label to other indie record labels and trying to figure out what I was doing wrong and what they were doing right. Um, and that's when it hit me. Maybe I should just ask them. <laughs> so here we are. I, I, I uh, just over Christmas, I emailed a bunch of labels, told them the idea. I had no idea if they would even open the emails, let alone agree to be interviewed, but they did. Um, a lot of them did it actually. And big ones, labels that I've spent the last several years emulating and, and aspiring to be. I think there's so much intimidation and fear when it comes to launching a label or running a label. And so to hear other people echoing your challenges and frustrations can actually be really helpful. One of the labels that I really admire is Trouble in Mind Records from Chicago. Trouble in Mind started in 2009 by husband and wife duo Bill and Lisa Rowe. Their roster has um, included Sun Watchers, Omni, Ultimate Painting, Michael Cronin, my guest today is one half of Trouble in Mind, Bill Rowe. How are you doing, Bill? Doing great. Uh, just been a busy week. We've got a record coming out tomorrow. Oh, no way. That's awesome. By a New York band called Sun Watchers. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're an amazing quartet. It's like a it's weird fusion of like psychedelic rock and like free jazz and a little bit of like desert blues and things oh, nice. it's just you know it's like guitar bass drums and then the guitarist sometimes plays uh uh electric pin which is like a indonesian electric okay. guitar okay. kind of a thing <laughs> so it sounds like at least i'm probably <laughs> grossly oversimplifying it um and then um another guy plays keyboards and saxophone what so what what is so that comes out tomorrow what what does a day tomorrow. look like for, for you today or for tomorrow or like uh do you have everything done or are you kind of stressed out on days like today and tomorrow uh it depends okay <laughs> we're pretty prepared for tomorrow um all pre-orders have shipped as of like late last week or this past monday and you know i'm just sort of like keeping up with the incoming orders now but you know promotions in full swing like all that all that sort of stuff is is already moving that's great uh, so yeah now it's just sort of like Herding in reviews when they come in, shipping out orders when they come in, that kind of thing. But I'm always, you know, I'm always on to the next thing. Right, so right. This one's this one's totally in hand, but you know, we've got more more records coming out every month. So, so with this record that you're releasing tomorrow, and this is something I've wanted to ask some some people before, but um, uh, when was this record mastered, and and what was that time between tomorrow and and from it was from when it was mastered? 
Well, this particular record was, I mean, it was done and mastered maybe I think in October of last year. Okay. Um, oh no, 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 even, even sooner than that. It was like, or, or later than that, I should say, um, like July. Oh wow. So <clears throat> we try to, I mean, we work with a distribution company called Secretly Distribution. Right. Um, and they require sort of parts and assets for releases to be moving and, if possible, in hand four to six months before oh the release date. Wow. So we, we have to be like very prepared <laughs> on our game at all times. No kidding. So, you know, this one, you know, we've been working on it for a while. Um, we're working on everything for a while. So, um, Typically, we like to have things within that time frame. So everything mastered, ideally artwork done right. within six months of what our pr proposed release date is. Unbelievable. That's incredible. Yeah. It takes a while. I mean, you know, pressing plant times are, are better than they were, but they're still not great. Right, you know? right. So you, can, you can expect three months, but sometimes it can take four. Wow. Sometimes more, depending. So was... Was that six month lead time? Was that always a thing, or was that imposed by vinyl? Um. Well, I mean, we've only been working with them for now a couple of years, uh, but I would imagine it is because of vinyl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's more labels than ever. There's more bands than ever. There's more people pressing vinyl than ever. So, you know, I remember when we first started the label, you know, nine years ago now, <clears throat> we were able to, this is, and this is something I'll never forget, like we turned in, this is a seven inch also, right. we turned in the master, got tests, and then got our finished completed records in one month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an crazy. extreme case. And, but that, I mean, I always think back to that. I'm like, man, used to, you could have everything in hand within two months Three months was like a really long time. Oh man! So that two thousand nine, right? Is that right? That was two thousand nine. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So have you been? I mean, do you feel frustrated in any way? Like in the past, like five years now that the times have been. I mean, at one point it was just insane, but that must kind of frustrate you a little bit. I mean, a little bit, but you know, you just you you kind of have to roll with it. I mean, that's kind of our philosophy in general. It's sort of like it gets frustrating sometimes. It's more frustrating when you have everything, you know, you have your shit together. Yeah. You get everything checked in in time, and then it's like the pressing plant's fault. It's or, a bottleneck. You know, or there's a bottleneck. Yeah, yeah. Or something. It's like, you know, you've, you know, I've got everything submitted six months in advance, and then it just continually keeps getting pushed back, which happens not very often, but it does happen. Right. That, that's more frustrating than, than just the times being longer. You just have to kind of like, make your adjustments and, and go from there. Well, I often feel bad for the artist too. I mean, thinking that the, like thinking about when the, these songs that come out tomorrow, thinking about when they were written, you know what I mean? So you always feel yeah. bad. Like the creative process is, has long since been over and they're probably chomping at the bit, um, with new stuff already, you know, and yet now oh, they have to promote, you know, an older piece of art to them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way it's, it's been, you know, for a while, I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, we're talking, you know, 60s and 70s, you know, when when major labels kind of owned pressing plants, they could, you know, record and press a single and get it out there, yeah, you know, in a week, yeah, you know, or 
days. Yeah, yeah. I actually just read that Sam Phillips would record something from Elvis or, or Johnny Cash, and then he would take it over that night to the <laughs> radio station. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <Incredible. You> know, <laughs> that, that, those days are, are gone. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, the having been in a band with you know my wife and partner in the label Lisa, and I used to play in a band together, and you know we we had our records, a couple of records come out and it, it was always the same. You know, you record your record, you'd be super excited playing those songs over and over when you play live. And then by the time the record comes out, you're just kind of sick of playing the songs. Right, and so right. you know, with the case with, with, with Sun Watchers coming out tomorrow, I mean, they've already, if I'm remembering correctly, already writ, started writing and maybe even recorded partially of, you know, songs for the next record. Right. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter, I guess if you're a band, I, I would hope, you have to expect that there's just realities of, uh, you know, logistics that, that have to happen. You know, there's, <clears throat> you could put it out, you know, immediately if you wanted to, um, and even like, you know, release it immediately when you get the records. But, you know, if, if you want to make a real go at it, yeah, there's things you have to consider. Like you want to make sure you're, you're able to get the word out. And if you want to get it, you know, people to write about it in magazines, mm -hmm. that's a, three month lead time right there wow. if you want to get to write about it in blogs it's a little less time but it's still a couple months because they're constantly getting pitched things from other people you know especially if you're doing pr yourself right which, which i do most of the time well, we got to go back i, 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 I got to go back so, to the beginning here because we kind of just dove right yeah. into this but uh first of all thanks so much for doing this i i really appreciate you um just kind of sharing your wisdom and and uh just being really generous with your time i really appreciate that um, oh well, yeah. I mean, again, no problem there. I'm not sure how much wisdom I'm part of. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no, we've. I've already seen it. I've already seen it. Um, I, I, I love. I love Trouble in Mind. I, I kind of came to you guys through uh, Ultimate Painting. I'm a huge fan of theirs. I have their first two records, and uh, yep. so when I was thinking about doing this, this was uh, one of those dream labels that I never thought would return my email. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that. It's definitely true. Um, well, that's so. You're in Chicago, right? Correct. Okay, cool. I, I know that you and your wife, uh, Lisa, run the label. What does that look like? What is your office like? Are, are there different things that each one of you is responsible for? Uh, well, our office is literally uh, the spare bedroom in our house. Okay, so, <laughs> great. You know, I don't, you know if, if this sure. were a video call, you could see behind me, I'm sitting in there right now. It's, you know, I have a desk and, you know, there's record shelves behind oh, me that's filled awesome. with records. Um, we will, you know, big whiteboard with projects and their statuses That's and things great. like that. You know, it's, it's like any office, but it, you know, it's in our house. We keep the overhead costs low. You know, we, totally. we, we don't, we're not making money hand over fist over here. Yeah. I you know, I can't imagine anybody is <laughs> right, but you know, so keeping our overhead costs down and having a distribution partner helps. We don't have, you know, we don't have, you know, thousands of boxes sitting right, in our right. basement. Yeah, that's true. So that helps a lot. So we're able to have a home office. Um, and I, I mean, as far as our, our responsibilities go, um, you know, Lisa still works a day job. She's a librarian for the Chicago Public Library System. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, she helps out doing, you know, answering emails and responding to things on, you know, her lunch breaks and things like that. But it's mostly just me. Like I'm emailing people back. I'm setting up things and then, you know, on SoundCloud or, you know, putting things in templates and emailing the pressing plant. I'm boxing up records here and sending up people's orders out. Um, you know, I, it's, it's literally a, 
two-person operation. Do you so. like that? Do you like that you do a little bit of everything? Do you like that variety? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely keeps it interesting. It, it was a weird transition. I, I worked a day job also for uh, three quarters of our time as a label so far. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I worked at Permanent Records, a local record store, which is now actually Joyride Records. They sold it. Okay. Uh, but uh, I worked there for a while, and I, I started there full-time, doing the label full-time also, and then the label got to be so, you know, taking up so much of my time, I went down to part-time at Permanent, and then it just got to the point where I was like, I have too much I need to do, and coming to work is taking away from the time of the things right. I need to do for the show. So <clears throat> it just became a thing where I, I just had to, I had to quit. That must so. have been a great moment. Like, did you celebrate that Oops. moment? It was very strange. I mean, it was definitely cool and, and great, yeah. but it was strange because, you know, when we started the label, it wasn't a, a thing where we were like, I'm going to do this and this is going to be my job. And really, you know, it was a fun thing to do in our spare time. You know, we started the label uh, when Lisa was uh, pregnant with our first child. Oh. You know, we had been in the band and the band kind of went on hiatus, you know, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of wanted a way to keep music around and we'd always i'd always wanted to start a label so we were like hey, let's try it we had a bunch of friends you know from being in the band that had bands and we asked them to do records and they all said yes which was <laughs> shocking <laughs> i guess we gotta start putting these records out so uh you know that it just sort of snowballed from there do you, and do you never imagined ever that this would be my full-time well job. yeah i want to ask i mean do you regret having like tempered expectations do you think things would have been different if you had kind of shot for the moon right away? No, I, I don't regret that at all. I mean, I, I, we're sort of a, we sort of stumble into things with trepidation, you know, right. it's sort of like, I think it's, you know, on the one hand, it's good to be bold and it's good to just like dive in. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we don't have a ton of money. We definitely didn't have a ton of money then. Right. Um, so it was sort of like, we'd put one out, see how that went, take that money, funnel it into the next release, which is still kind of what we do anyway. Right. Uh, you know, we, we couldn't just dive in whole hog and, and just be like, we're going to put out 10 things and hire PR yeah, and do this. Yeah. No, that's fair. So, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> take us back to the beginning. Why did you start a record label? Um, well, again, like it, as I just sort of mentioned, we, we used to play in a band, mm -hmm. um, and then that band went on hiatus when Lisa got pregnant with her first child. And so we kind of wanted a way to keep music around and in our lives. And, <clears throat> and, you know, aside from just, you know, going to record stores and buying records, you know, <laughs> what if we still be involved and still contribute in some way yeah. um, to the scene or something, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, that, that seemed obvious that, you know, record labels, a, a good way to do that, you know, you can still be involved and, you know, instead of your dreams being realized that you're helping somebody else realize their dreams. Right. So, um, and, and, and ultimately we're far better cheerleaders and, and advocates for other bands than we ever were for our oh, own Oh, that's bands. great. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like our band was fine and it was great and I had fun. You know, I feel like we wrote great songs and did great things, but you know, it was never going to go anywhere. So <laughs> realistically we're like, well, this is, this is way better. That's awesome. It's way, way more fun. I I went through some interviews that you did in the past. One thing I read, tell me if this is true. You you both you and and, and your wife have to agree equally on an artist to sign them. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. How has either of you lost out on a great band because of that rule or how's that worked? 
Um, I mean, lost out, you know, whatever right. it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of other bands out there, but <laughs> there's been bands where I've been like, I really want to work with this band. I think they're amazing. And Lisa's like, eh, I'm not feeling it. And, and vice versa, you know? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, but you know, it, there's way, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> if it's something I feel really strongly about, I can usually <laughs> plead my case and you know, maybe six times out of 10, it works out. That's good. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. If it's something where I'm I'm really insistent and, and she's like, dude, I'm just not feeling it, then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So. Oh, it's definitely good to, that it kind of puts your tastes to the test a little bit. There's a little bit of accountability there. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And 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 you know, it's it's really just it's it's helpful to have a, a partner, not only in the label but in life, who is like a really great bullshit detector. And it's sort of <laughs> yes. like, well, yeah, you know, it's like this is great, but you know, like realistically, like, are they going to tour? You know, there's, there's things you have to consider, not only just, you know, I really love this record. I mean, ultimately that's what it boils down to regardless, yeah. but you know, it, it's sort of like if this band is in a tour, you know, you have to be realistic about it or it's sort of like, well, ultimately this is this or this is that, you know, and yeah. it's, you just have to, yeah, it does. it's just good to have somebody be like, no dude, like, think about this for a second and you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine it's hard to be objective if you're just completely enthralled with, with the record. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard. Definitely. What did, um, what did trouble in mind look like back in 2009? Like I, I always, when I talk to, to labels, I try to remember, you know, back to different points and, uh, and what music looked like back then, but did you have retail distribution? Did you have an online store? Like what did things look like? We had a website, um, very basic website that our friend uh, Rebecca, who plays in the band Negative Scanner, built for us. Um, okay. It was very basic, <clears throat> very, very bare bones. Um, so we did have an online store. We did have distribution through a local company here in town. Um, and, you know, it, we were small. You know, we mm-hmm. were small potatoes. And, and you know, we were, we were doing 500-run 7-inch, um, you know, 7-inch. Right. So it was... It wasn't like a major thing, so um, that's kind of where we're at. It, you know, it was still in a it was a still in a spare bedroom in our apartment. You know, we when we first started, you know, we had a new baby, so you know yeah. we were sleep deprived. Oh, that's and crazy. Those kinds of things, but you know, I was mailing everything by hand. I I didn't have a posted scale system, so I would you know address everything by hand and then take them all to the post office. Sometimes, you know, hundreds of seven inch boxes to the post office. And wow. You know, they, I'm sure hated me. What role did iTunes or Bandcamp play back then? Um, not very big. I mean, we, we, I mean, I still confess like, you know, much probably to our distribution's chagrin. Um, digital is still kind of the last thing I think about. Oh, okay. Um, and not, not because it's not important or, or, or what have you, but it's just, it's, it, I'm not conditioned that way. Right. You know, I, am I'm, I'm a fairly old school, you know, I, I grew up buying vinyl LPs and then when <laughs> CD, bought CDs, yeah. but I'm a physical media person, totally. you know, um, I like to have the object. <clears throat> and so to me, I'm sort of like, well, I got to get everything ready and get, you know, make sure the LPs are being manufactured and the CDs are all set up and getting manufactured and getting all that put together and you know, writing the one sheet and doing all that stuff. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get this set up in digitally as well. So I got to get those, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. always the last thing I think about. So back then, I mean, like iTunes, we, 
I would say maybe even like maybe the second year of our existence, we started putting things up digitally. Right. Uh, we used to use this service called TuneCore, which was really great. Oh, yeah. It worked really well for a small label like us at the time, you know? Yeah. You, you know, have, have a small fee and they get it up. You can pick and choose where you want them to go up and they put it up for you and, and it was great. Yeah. Um, you, they pay you out regularly. It's all, you know, good to go. Um, so, but once we switched over to Secretly, they, they handle all that distribution stuff for us digitally. So, oh, okay. we don't have to worry about it. Um, and do they, ha- they handle like, some of the promotion side of things digitally as well, like editorial or? Um, no, I mean, that's still kind of okay. up, up to me. I mean, they'll, they'll try to, they have a team there that tries to get things playlisted on Spotify and things like that. Right. Um, but so you have to, they do. you have to force yourself to, to care about digital. Is that what you're saying? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting. I mean, I, I know it, like, I'm sure a lot of labels, smaller labels who, uh, of, of younger people who didn't grow up on vinyl or, or even maybe didn't grow up on CD. Um, it's, it's the other way around, you know, they're really, they probably don't put much thought into physical or retail. Yeah. That seems weird to me, but, <laughs> but I, can, I can definitely see that. I mean, totally. I mean, yeah, you know, like no. our, our kids are growing up in this, you know, this, the streaming era, you know, they, 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 you know, stream Netflix, they can stream any show they want on Netflix or, or wherever, you know, and yeah. they can listen to whatever they want to whenever they want to on YouTube, or Spotify or wherever. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't used to be the case. So I guess it's sort of like with, for them, me having all these records, you know, in our living room or me buying records or going to the record store, they're like, oh, geez. <laughs> I don't know. I think our kids will probably be different than everyone else's kids because they probably have spent time in record stores by the time yeah, they're teenagers. It, who knows? You know, I don't want to, it's, it's a, it's a tricky situation. You don't want to force your, <clears throat> you know, your hobbies and your, uh, you know, your ideas and your, not your ideas, but you know, your, sure. your, uh, your sort of interests, uh, on your kids necessarily, because you want them to be their own person. Right. So, right. Well, I don't know. Um, I can, honestly, to be honest, I can't agree with that. I, I think it, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to monitor what my, what my daughter's listening to and, and, uh, correct her a little bit. <laughs> but no, you, can, you can just let it happen and, and let it happen organically. And, you know, it's like our, our kids have grown up with me listening to music constantly. Like I have something on, I mean, I don't have anything on right now cause I'm talking to you, but before that I was listening to a record. Yeah. I have something, I have something playing all the time. Like even when they're home, I have a record on or I have something playing on Spotify in the kitchen or yeah. something just so that even when they're doing their homework, just even if it's like jazz or something, just like, so there's always music playing. So that's, it's something that they're comfortable with and it feels weird to them when there's not music playing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm the same uh, and, way. And <clears throat> I'm not having, I'm not saying they're going like, you should listen to because <laughs> this is great. You know, if they ask, sure, I'll tell them. Well, well you know what? And, and our daughter does ask, like she's eight. She's super into the Beatles right now. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm there for her wholeheartedly. She's like, let's listen to the Beatles. And I'm like, okay, let's listen to the Beatles. Let's do it. That's great. Before that, she was super into David Bowie. And so we're like, oh, great. Let's listen to David Bowie. Um, my daughter is six and she, um, went to a school play and, um, and now she, she went through a season of ABBA. She just had to, everything was ABBA for her, which is great. I think that was fine. I didn't correct that. It's better than, you know, the soundtrack to Moana. Right. Also that though. Also that I've, I've played that a bit. Well, you know what? Kids will do what you do and not what you say. That's what I always try to remember and. Yeah, it's true though. You know, 
Um, things playing in the car sometimes, you know, we, we've gone on a couple of road trips and it's fun to like make mix CDs with them. You know, I'll, I'll make a playlist in iTunes and we'll bring it to a CD and listen to it in the car. It's fun to do that with our daughter. And I will find her being like, what was that song we were listening to? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, you mean that Fairport convention song? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, or, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's things like it. that. It, it gets in there. Yeah. You know, you just can't, you can't force it. Well, the thing with, I, I mean, I, I would like to think that they don't really, there is no difference between kids' music and music to them. I mean, everything is new to them. So, yeah. you know, what, 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 there's no reason to think that they would gravitate to kids' music, aside from maybe funny lyrics or something. Sure. Okay. We're getting off track here. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the non parents are kind of a little <laughs> lost right now. <laughs> um, I'm distracted by the Moana right now. I just want to go listen to Moana. Um, was there a specific record or an epiphany in the last, in the, in the past nine years that kind of acted as a turning point for you guys? I mean, you said it's it, it, three quarters of the way is when you went full time. Um, do you remember like a moment when it, it shifted from being just a fun idea into a, a legitimate thing? Well, I, I mean, we've had a few records that, I mean, I wouldn't say they've, they've blown up, but they've been like pretty pretty big ones for us. Okay. Uh, the first one being the, the first Michael Cronin record. Right, right, right. 2011. Ugh, now I'm trying to make my memories going to go against <laughs> me, but, um, so that one was probably the first one. And, and that one was unexpected on every front from us and from Michael's. He was just like, Oh great. This is insane. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't put much thought into, you know, that being a full-time thing, we were just like, Oh, this is our friend. Here's, he's made a great record. We're going to put it out. Right. Uh, so that was probably the first one that sold incredibly well for us at the time. We were like, I can't believe we're selling as many records. This is insane. <laughs> and so, you know, that sort of took us to like the first step. And then probably the next record after that was a couple of years later, we re- released the first Yako Gardner record. Okay. Uh, and that one was not only a hit in the States, but also in Europe. Europe and the UK. So that one for us, we were like, Oh crap. Like we're selling like a, a ton of CDs and that's never happened. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. And that's all overseas, you know, Japan, totally Europe, still buy CDs. And so they were buying them hand over fist and we were like, we were repressing the CD before we were repressing the record, which was insane. Unbelievable. So that for us, that one was probably the one that, that took us over the edge where I'm like, I have too much to do. You know, like, <laughs> things coming in that I need to take care of. And I, you know, I've got to go to work for eight hours. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that was probably the one. And then, and you know, that in combination with a, a few other records coming out at the same, around the same time, the Morgan dealt record shortly after that, and the first duck total record, the Dallas Johan Grobe records. And those sort of, you know, we're all picking up traction and steam, you know, enough to, to keep me busy. Yeah. So, do you, do you have a, a sound um, with the label or a consistent vibe between all the releases? Is that something you aim for? Oh, man. I mean, not really. I mean, it's not something I aim for. Okay. It's something we aim for. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just really kind of like what catches our ear. I'm sure somebody, you know, outside listeners might disagree. Like, maybe you have a, an opinion. But mm. um, but it, it's not something, it's not a conscious thing for us. Okay. We're not like, we're going to only release post-punk. We're only going to release psychedelic music yeah. or, you know, um, we kind of release a little of everything. And I, I think that reflects our personal taste. Right. So interesting. Well, you know, shamefully, as much as I love 
ultimate painting. I, I realized I, I just recently realized I hadn't dug through your catalog as much as I should have. Um, and, and until kind of prepping for this and, and I found Omni and, and the paperhead is a super beautiful, um, records. Uh, and, and kind of my question is, is like, Aside from your annual label compilations, do you do anything specific to promote the entire catalog? Like assuming that fans of one band would likely be fans of your other bands? Well, speaking of digital, I've been trying to make sort of more, you know, rolling label playlist. It's just oh, sort of okay. like, yep. this is kind of what we are doing on Spotify. Um, but other than that, you know, I, the, the Bandcamp compilations are, are really the thing. I, I try to do one a year at the end of the year, mm-hmm. sort of like a year you sort of thing um and you know those still people still you know those are all pay what you want and and people still people still buy them you know like yeah. even the ones like 2013 where i'm like oh wow somebody bought that one that's crazy <laughs> um, but you know I, th- I think they're important and you know our our distribution company they they want us to do like physical label samplers and you know that's that's well and good and mm. would you we, do- just, we haven't done one yet we, we had plans to do one and that they keep sort of getting pushed aside because we have other records we want to put out yeah. as opposed to, you know, it's like, like, like a vinyl sampler. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or even a CD and, you know, CDs cost significantly less than a record, but even, even that, you know, it's like, well, I could put out this compilation CD of tracks that already exist, or I could, you know, use that money and, you know, yeah. manufacture back CDs or manufacture the, the old milk CDs. Right. So. Right. No, it's true. And I, I'm not sure as a music fan, as a label, I kind of get it. I love compilations online. I love that. I love downloading it, and it's a great way to discover music. I've done it with tons of labels and collectives. Sure. I, I don't know if I'd want a sampler in my vinyl collection. It feels weird. I don't know. It, it didn't used to feel weird. I, it does kind of. I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you, but it didn't used to feel weird. I, I find myself going back. You know, there's like, you know, uh, Flying Hun compilations or Factory Records compilations right. or things like that that I've had for years, and I'm just like. I, you know, I don't listen to them often, but when I do pull them out, I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot about this band. This is great. True. You know, I suppose and, uh, only listening to clean records, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this kind of punishment, this is great, you know? And it was popular in punk too, I think. I remember the 90s, all my friends yeah. had massive like 23 song CDs. From yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the tentacles comps or, you know, SST comps, things like that. Like totally growing up, it's like those were, you know, you had, you know, it's like, well, I really love Black Flag, but, you know, I, I can't really afford to take a chance on just some record on SST necessarily, but this comps may be a good way. I'm like, oh yeah, I really love this record too. This Saccharine Trust is amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, checked it out. So yeah, no, it's true. I guess, and I think that all kind of points to you know, for me, one one of the things I try to remind myself is like the way I listen to music, the way I consume music, uh, it doesn't necessarily represent everyone. Well, certainly doesn't represent everyone. And I, yeah. I have to kind of remind myself of that all the time. And when people are like, you know, Oh, are you guys going to print CDs? And that's like, what, you know, but yeah. like, there's still people there. It just makes sense for them. Yeah. I mean, we don't do CDs for every release. Um, okay. So it just doesn't make sense for some of them where I'm just like, Oh, this is going to be a 500 press record. You know, like what's the point? Right. Um, you know, if, if somebody wants a something for per, like a you know preview or to write an article or a review or something, I'll send them a download. Sure. But, you know, it, at this point, it's like it, it's just wasted money to a certain degree. Like there are certain records you're like, oh well, this will sell, so like we should probably put this on CD. Like you know, yeah, it makes sense. But there are some that's just like, well, 
you know, this is an experimental record. We're only going to do 500. Like there's no reason to do a thousand CDs. Mm, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, this is, tell me if this is correct. You said once you have a group of 150 people who follow the label and will buy everything. Is this true? Yeah, that's true. How do you foster this group and, and how did this group come to be? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's just, we just, they trust our taste, I guess, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, I used to do the same thing. I'd follow, I was a fan of a label and, you know, this is pre-internet days. Mm -hmm. So you would go to a store and be like, oh, well, I don't know what this sounds like, but you know, it's, it's on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'll pick it up. Yeah. It's on something. I'll pick it up or it's on, you know, whatever. I'll pick it totally. up. Totally. Back then you trusted labels sort of taste and for lack of a better word, curation to, to guide you. And, and, and <clears throat> I, I think, you know, people still do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's true. I, you know, I'm, I don't know if that's a testament to us continually keeping doing the right thing or, Maybe they're just yep. maybe they're just collecting the the limited vinyl versions and following them, and they're going to eBay them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a discogs um, investment. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I, but 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 to be serious, like I, I think it's just people who are fans of the label and they trust our taste and they trust what we're going to do. While it might not be their favorite thing, it'll be interesting to them, and it's something they're like, "Oh, this is this is great. This I never would have I never would have picked this up otherwise." Wow. But this is, like this record so yeah that's um, amazing and it, you know it, it, i mean I, we it, we appreciate all of those people like more than i could even express because you know those are the people who believe in us mm. so you know that that sort of is, is one of the things that keeps me going around like oh i can always count on jason smith's order you yeah know, that's great you know yeah i know <laughs> so, exactly what you mean yeah and oftentimes too, it's like you use them as kind of this, like in your mind as this like representation of the audience. And when you're listening back to a, a mix or thinking about signing a band, you kind of think about them, you know, a little bit. Well, a little bit, I guess, but it's sort of like, well, you know, I, I can't really, it, it would drive me crazy if I'm like, well, are people going to like this record? <laughs> true. You know, it's like, I can't think about that. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, true. That's true. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I just, you know, we think about like, oh, we think about it in the sense of like, well, let's think about this in the sense of how many should we press? Like, do yeah. we need to do a thousand? Should we do five hundred? Do we need to do two thousand? Mm. Is you know, is this going to be like a thing that really catches on? So, and that's you know, that's always a guessing game. Mm -hmm. But you know, you 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 kind of base it on that. So, um, but we don't ever think of like, oh, well, our one hundred fifty you know, loyal listeners are not going to like this record. So maybe we should put it out. You know, I, that's not something I really, I can't think about that. Well, and that's a good point. I mean, that's, that's fair. I think, you know, that's the whole point of this, the success behind what you guys do. It's because of your taste. It's because of some of the, the risks that you've taken in the past. Yeah, oh, I hope so. <laughs> there, talking about fans, I, I mean, there are fans who love listening to music and there are musicians who love creating music. How does a record label fit into that picture? Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I think, well, I think ultimately for, for, for us, physical distribution is probably the main factor. Okay. Like we, we have our distribution partner and, and that sort of helps us bridge the gap between you know, the, the musician or artist and their fans or, you know, listeners. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's only, you know, a certain, I feel like there's a certain amount of people you can reach 
self-releasing a record. Um, there are, are obvious exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, I'm generalizing, but you know, you can probably reach a specific, you know, specific number of people doing everything yourself. But if you have somebody that's a partner with you, that is sort of an ally and can help you, um, <clears throat> get their, get your music out there, mm-hmm. then that that's beneficial to the artist. Um, and you know, that the artist sort of tends to then place their trust in the labels reputation or curation or what have you to help, you know, buoy their music and get their music out to more people. And, you know, the, the distribution house, you know, just gets it into record stores. Yeah. You know? well, that's, and that's the thing where it's like, Oh, I heard this song online. This is great. Where do I buy it? You know what? I can tell yeah. you from firsthand experience, Bill, that it's working because I heard ultimate painting. I'm not sure. I think it was through mazes or something, but I, I read about them and then I was at Sonic Boom in Toronto and it was there that I think it was their second record and I couldn't believe it. And it was also extremely cheap or inexpensive. I couldn't, be, I, for, uh, you know, in Canada, our records are very expensive, but, um, I was blown away. Like I was just so excited because here's this, you know, relatively unknown band and, uh, it was in a, a record store that I love to go to and I bought it. And then I went back like a month later and bought the next one or the previous one. So it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I like that, you know? Um, and it, it's, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the pricing too, because that's something we definitely think about. Um, and something that I consciously think about, especially having worked in a record store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would see it all the time. You know, somebody would have two records in their hand. Oh, yes. Like, oh, which one's, which one's better? And you'd be like, well, they're both awesome. You know, like this one's great. This one's great. And, you know, nine times out of 10, that person's going to go if they want to buy them both, but can only afford one. Nine times out of ten, they're going to go with the cheaper one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Or one, you know, so wait, say. so the pricing that I noticed that that was coming from you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we dictate the pricing wow. to distribution house. So depending on how much money we want to get back over our our, our uh, manufacturing costs, yeah. that's that's what. It that's amazing. Them. That is, I mean. And it's, you know, I think with this record, I, you know, I, you're right. I think if it was up in the, into the import prices, like up over 30 bucks, um, which is extremely common here in Canada, um, sure. that would, um, that would probably be like, man, I love this record, but I'm going to have to stick with Apple music because, you know, I just, I just can't, you know, and, yeah. but to see it at, and I can't remember now, it was a couple of years ago, but my guess is it probably was like 2199, um, around that range or, or 22, which is, is an insane price for vinyl here. I mean, that's like, you're, you're stealing that vinyl. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, Oh hell yes. Like, and it was like, not only did I find a record I liked, but I just felt like I had won the lottery. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was a great experience. You can get a cup of coffee. After <laughs> yeah. I could drive home. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, no, that's, I mean, that is really cool to know. And I, I think, I'm curious, it, and I'm, I have a really uh, different picture of the scene from Canada because we're affected by the U.S. dollar and um, and the, the Canadian dollar versus U.S. dollar. And so right now for new releases to come out, the average new record, like major label or any label really is twenty nine ninety nine is like oh. the, kind of like the cheapest you can expect to get it. Um, unless it's like, like maybe a one disc and it's like, um, more mass produced, you might be able to get it for 
uh, maybe twenty six ninety nine or something. Um, sure. But to you know to have and so really what that does is if you're going to buy the new national record, uh, like kind of a bigger record, then that kind of eliminates you from buying any smaller indie releases that month you know because yeah. you kind of you've spent your and that that national record i think was 36.99 here so it, it's like you know and i mean that that's canadian dollars so for you that's like 32 bucks or whatever but um yeah it's very <laughs> expensive and i mean like i'm not saying i don't know where the money's going and and, and in the, in some cases like that there the vinyl is beautiful it's it's heavy vinyl and it's gatefold and i understand that you know um, it's different from the way they used to do records, but that it really just prevents people from, and it, it prevents, I'm sorry, I'm taking up this time here, but um, no, 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 th it, uh, it prevents me as a music fan from then actually being able to buy my friend's vinyl, you know what I mean? Or my, and I tell artists this all the time when they say, should I do vinyl? And it's like, just remember, you only have so many fan friends and, and family members and, and fans who actually buy vinyl, and then of those people who who have a record player and buy vinyl, they might not actually be able to like to fit your record into their you know six or twelve a year that they buy. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I mean, I I definitely buy <clears throat> exponentially more. It's agreed. Yeah, the average listener, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, and, and it's it's something that we definitely take into consideration. That's you know, amazing. Like, I grew up, you know, listening to punk rock and and sort of that the 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 thing that always had that had always struck me growing up listening to records, like uh, especially from a label like Discord Records, where you know they would always have the the thing on the front that said you know pay no more than four ninety nine or whatever it was on the front. <laughs> and to me, that that really struck me because I was like, man, they're like saying if you are paying more than this for this record, you're getting ripped off. Yeah, nice. You know, and 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 that to me that stuck with me a lot. So I was like, well, you know. They're not in it for the money, and it's like you know, it's great to make money as a label because it you know keeps your label going. And you're able to funnel that into future releases and more artists and things like that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if you start a record label to make money, if that's your goal, then you're living in a fool's paradise. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, very rarely are people making money doing this. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't happen often. So that's that's the that's where you have to come from. So it's like, if it's not about the money, what is it about? It's about getting music out to people and getting people to listen to the music. Mm. So the best way to do that, aside from just making it available via streaming services is to make it affordable. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, we had, we had just had to raise our prices by a dollar here recently. And it just about killed me because I was like, man, this sucks, but there's oh, the reality of like rising costs and it just costs more to make vinyl now, you know, and it, so it's just, it is. What's you know? the, in, in America, like what's the average price for your vinyls? Like, do you have like a set price for a vinyl? Um, I mean, having worked in, when I worked in the record store, it would usually be somewhere between on the cheap side, 15 oh, and the expensive side, 20. Oh my gosh! I hate a you. Release like not a deluxe reissue. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that, just like standard record. Oh yeah. man, that's amazing. Anywhere between fifteen to twenty bucks, well, no, and, and yeah. that's, that's what we always would shoot for. Like when we started out, our LPs were twelve ninety nine. Oh wow! And I was like, I want them to be twelve ninety nine. Whatever that, whatever that means, that's what I want. Yeah. And you know, logistically, it's just not possible anymore. I, I feel like our records now go for somewhere around fifteen to eighteen in stores yeah. from what I've seen. So. Well, I mean. It, <laughs> 
it's just seeing it always, it always makes my my heart hurt a bit. I'm like, oh man, come yeah. on. I, I just think that it it really just in, um, encourages that old school moment that you and I have probably had where you're at the record store and you see an artwork that you like, and then you put it into one of those CD players and listen to it. And you're like, I'm going to buy this on a whim. And and that's a lot easier to do when the record is, is not crazy expensive. Oh, totally. I mean, you, you, you can't afford to do that anymore. I feel like some, you know, very rarely I, I used to be able to go to a record store and be like, I don't know what this is. The cover looks cool. The description yeah. sounds awesome. Who knows, but it's cheap. You know, F it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to. That, that happened to one of the greatest moments of my life uh, was in 2001. And I did that with a, uh, a little Chicago band you may have heard of called Wilco because the album was so cool. And I don't know if you ever get to see those beautiful buildings, but I was like, this looks amazing. Who is this band? And that changed my life. <laughs> I mean, everybody's, I mean, I like to think everybody has those moments. Oh, but, man. You know. That's awesome. Um, L- let's talk about um, talk about the artist. This is great. I'm having a, a great time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I think I've read that you you said that you actually have signed bands um, that have sent you unsolicited demos. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the opposite. I've heard from every other label I've talked to. Why has it worked for you? Um, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I feel like it's you know. I mean, we get lots of unsolicited demos, and and like lots. Yeah. And sure. you know, the sad reality is we can't put out everything and totally. you know, there are just some things that just aren't our taste and that's fair enough. And hopefully people are understanding, yeah. but you know, there, are, you know, I can't listen to everything. I'm a very active listener. I listen like, you know, as I mentioned, I'm listening to music all the time and I try to, even in my spare time, if I'm not, you know, listening for recreation, mm-hmm. I'll sort of like tool around the internet and check things out. Oh, I heard about this band. What they, what are they about? You know, you know, sometimes I don't like it, but sometimes I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, what's this is crazy? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it helps and it helps you stay well rounded. And even if it's not something that I'm interested in releasing, it's, it, you know, it helps to, you know, inform your musicality. Yeah. You know, when you're oh, even sure. talking, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is kind of like this band from here and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think that, uh, you know, it, it it would do labels a disservice, at least labels on our scale, to ignore submissions. You can usually tell pretty quickly when you're listening to something if it's for you or, or not. At least we can. Yeah. You're like, you know, first song, maybe give it a listen. Skip through a couple more tracks if, if you're like not kind of not feeling it just to make sure. But usually you can tell pretty quickly. Mm. If it catches you right away, you're like, okay, hang on. <laughs> And then you listen to it and, and then, you know, you just, you're like, this is pretty great. And then, you know, we run it by each other and listen a few more times. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we strike gold and sometimes we don't, you know. That's amazing. But you have, you've signed, you signed people. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the, the uh, band, the Night Beats was a uh, submission, blind submission. Uh, the Liminianas, same thing. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so, just, just yeah. an email. W- yeah. Were they local bands or? Liminianas are from France, like, and I, and I think they even got in touch with us because we released a, another a different French band, French band that they were friends with. Oh, okay. You know, and, oh, cool. and but that's that, that's kind of how it goes. You know, you're, you're like, oh well, we're in a band and we like this band, so they're put out by Trouble in Mind or they're put out by, you know, yeah, Saints or whoever. Um, let's let's submit it and see what's see what happens. Yeah. You know? I'm imagining that's how it goes. Well, that's so. great, and I mean, of course, like 
when we're talking that you have signed bands, it's probably it really is probably one in in several thousand over the years. But oh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, we get multiple submissions a day, so yeah, you know, we listen to everything. I can't reply to everybody, unfortunately. I try to at least be like, we'll check it out. Thanks for sending it or something. That's but great. I, you know, I just can't reply to everybody, it, but. You know, if people follow up and I'm not feeling it, I, I tell them, you know, I'm just like, hey, thanks for sending. It's not for us. You know, good luck or something. But that's really nice, though. I mean, I, and I'd like to think, you know, that's that's a kind of a change from, you know, when I was a young artist and sending manila envelopes to every label I could think of, like just to even get an email back. I think that that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I, I hope I'm not being crass or condescending to people. I'm not, I'm not usually, I'm not being crass, yeah, but yeah. you know, I hope they don't take it. I don't, they don't take it the wrong way. Right. No, no, you know, I think because just, you know, the fact that we don't want to release it doesn't mean that it's bad. Oh yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's like, but I feel like some people probably take that, take it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a slippery slope and you don't want to, you don't want to like insult anybody. So man, what a feeling it must be then to actually listen to something and go, this is going to work for us. I want this. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's amazing where you're just like, you know, you, you get that tingle and you're sort of like, oh, wow, yeah. this is sent this to us? Like, what? <laughs> I, had you know, to... I still constantly amazed still even to this day that anybody wants to work with us where I'm like, oh, you want to work with us? It's great. <laughs> Don't you know I'm in a guest room right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How does the process work then? Like what type, with your bands, like what type of input do you generally have in the creative or recording process? Do you, are you involved with that process? No, no. I mean, we we want to facilitate whatever the band's vision is as best we can. Okay. So we don't. We try not to dictate the way it sounds or what they're doing or their songwriting or anything because that's not our business. Okay. You know? um, we'll offer suggestions or advice if they want it. If they're like, oh, I can't figure out a track order. What do you guys think? We'll be like, oh, how about this or Right. Oh, I, I don't know what to do for artwork. What do you think? Or, you know, things like that. We'll, we'll offer advice, but we try to remain as hands off as possible. Okay. Um, so, hmm. you know, I, we really just want to facilitate, um, and be, be the, the outlet. What, what about with artwork? Same thing or, or, or is that something, I mean, that, that really plays into how things sell and how it works with the distributor and marketing. So you broke up for a second there. What was that? I said, what about artwork? Like, uh, is it, uh, what kind of role in in the artist's artwork? That's something I'm really passionate about, and 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 um, what it, it and it plays a bigger role uh, in not a bigger role, but it does play a role in in distribution and marketing the artwork of the album. How involved are you yeah. with that? Um, I mean, again, same same sort of scenario. Um, I will say that if we get a piece of art and it's just not good, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll say it, yeah. Just like, I don't know, man, not feeling this. Can we work on something else or give a suggestion? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you again, you try to be as diplomatic as possible because, but, you know, there are some times when they just really have, bands just have no idea. And they're just like, oh, here's a, just a, here's a photo. And we're like, well, we could do a little better than this, don't you think? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I swear there was a year where we had like four records that featured a blurry, blurry band photo on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fine for a little while, but after a while, I'm just like, okay, no, yeah. no more band photos. There was a time in the world where everything was like, every independent release was like an Instagram photo yeah. with, with a filter on it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 
it, it you know, you, you want to offer advice if when you can, but you try to be as hands off as possible. Sometimes it's hard to not say something, but yeah, we try not to. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's, that's, that's a question I, I legitimately, um, I'm curious about because it, it, I mean, for you who, who does vinyl and, and, and they're shipped all over the world. I mean, you're thinking about that person who has good taste, who's hanging out in a record shop and, and they pick up a trouble in mind record and it's got a, you know, a matte finish in it. And it's, it's a beautiful piece of work, you know, like that really goes into a, uh, that plays a huge role. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really your, that's, that's your first sort of hook really yeah. in a record. Yeah. It's like, you know, if they don't see the sticker, we have a sticker that usually is on our, the front of our records that has our logo on it. But if you don't see the sticker, the first thing that's going to catch your eye is the artwork. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you want it to be good and you want it to sort of be, or at least sort of like intriguing. Um, and then you go from there, you know, we have a little description on the sticker on the front. And so hopefully people, the artwork will catch their eye. People read the sticker and be like, Oh, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, I know that, you know, I mean, we're talking about vinyl. Uh, what about cassettes? Is that something that you guys are doing? We have not done many cassettes and, and not for any reason in particular. It's just, we, we did, we've done a couple and they just don't sell for us. Okay. Like, you know, people just don't come to us for cassettes. Sure. I think there are labels that that works out better for and people people are into. Um, if a band wants to do a cassette of a record, um, we'll offer to do it. Right. You know, or they'll self-release it. We've had other bands that have been approached by other labels, like Burger has released cassette versions of some of our records. Oh, that's for, cool. For better or for worse. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. You know, and it's it's usually the artist coming to us being like, Burger wants to do this, I'd really like to do it. And you're like, okay, right. well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, so. yeah. Do you think it has, I mean, do you think that there's, um, like there's cassette labels and they're beautiful and, and, and a lot of them, they have their own thing and I think it's, I, I love them. I follow a lot of them and sure. their stuff is so, so cool and I love that aesthetic. Do you think that they will find a home in, mainstream indie labels and, and record stores cassettes you mean yeah um i mean i feel like they're already starting to a little bit mm -hmm. yeah again so i mean you know i feel like drag city does cassette versions of many of their releases more than i i've seen more release than they used to do for sure right you know, you know at least back from when cassettes were a thing um i think sub pop uh, does too sub pop does a little too yeah i mean People still do it. I think it's it's worming its way back in. Yeah, but I feel like most of that is really the bands. Oh, okay. Probably. I could be wrong, right? But I feel like the bands are like, we also want to do it on cassette. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, I'm just I feel curious. Like bands that shows they want to sell merch, obviously. Right. Um, so having three tiers of pricing options. Totally. I guess, totally. Works out. Yeah. It can also be a detriment, which is what I tell people who are thinking about doing a cassette oh. as well. It's like, would you rather sell a $15 record when you're on tour or a $5 cassette? Oh, good point. You know, so. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. But at the same time, it's sort of like, you know, you also want people to buy the music yeah. regardless. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I'm just really curious. I, I, it's something I'm, I'm a little passionate about because of, of my age. And I, I just, I, like when I was a kid, I grew up on cassettes and I have like a very, very like, um, emotional connection to them. Just like, 
just the sound of it and the, like not the like sound of, of holding a, a case and it rattling and you know what I mean uh, sure. so I love seeing what's happening and it's 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 cool to pick up a brand new record on on tape but I, I'm just kind of curious of of the position from from labels on where they stand with it I mean I'm I'm all for them I buy I buy cassettes as well you know mm. like I have a record that's you know on a regular basis um it's just for us in general, it's not something that's factored in or made sense. Yeah. When it makes sense, we do it. When it doesn't, we don't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, just for more times than not, it hasn't made sense. Yeah. So I um shifting over one of the um one of the biggest challenges and frustrations as an indie label that I've I feel um is accessing like quality press pieces for my releases. What what advice do you give thinking about kind of newer labels? Um uh, or or labels like myself who don't have their shit together. What advice do you give to smaller labels um, looking to find coverage for their releases? Ooh, I mean, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks I mean, for listening, it, everyone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's hard for us. I mean, it's hard for everyone. Okay, I mean, like, that's interesting I, here. I get you know friends and people that run labels that I look up to that I'm friends with that I'm that are messaging me being like, how are you guys getting so much press? And I'm like, what are you talking oh about? My like, gosh. you know, and it, it, it's all through the eye of the beholder, obviously, but it's sort of, you know, I, I, it's a constant struggle. And I feel like, you know, most of the time when I'm on the computer doing work, it's emailing people about future releases, trying to get pickup for PR. Wow. Because, you know, and there are certain records, bigger records that we do hire out for, but I recognize that not everybody can do that. We, I mean, we can't do it all the time. So wow. <clears throat> it's just the reality of the situation. I wish we could. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But um, so. Well, that's really enlightening the, to hear that. Wow. Offer, at least that started working for us is number one, keep putting out music you believe in. Mm. That will translate through your pitching. And then the, the second piece of advice I would say is be persistent because the squeaky wheel, as they say, gets the grease. So. Oh, wow. You know, if and send a physical copy if you can. Oh, okay. You know, if you, you can afford to send it, I guarantee you, a reviewer is going to be more appreciative of somebody sending them a physical copy, even if they don't write about it or not. Maybe they don't write about that one, but they're like, "Oh, you know what? Trouble on Mind sent me that record last time. Let me check this one out." And they're like, "Oh, sweet! This is great. That's I'm cool. gonna write about this." You know? Yeah. So, you know, and not that I'm saying you know, glad hand all PR people or whatever, you know, yeah. glad <laughs> journalists, but. You know, it, it, it's, it's, again, it's sort of like you have to be persistent and, you know, you have to also consider that, you know, if you're emailing them about trying to get a, a article written or a review mm-hmm. written, think about how many other labels are doing uh-huh. exactly. So these people's, especially the, the bigger journalists, NPR, your band camps and whatnots, they probably have hundreds and hundreds of emails in their inbox every single day of people being like, check out my record, check out this oh, band's man. record. So that's so true. You have to sort of like be patient and just sort of like make yourself heard above the din because you know, there's, there's just, there's so many labels and there's so many people trying to get their music heard or other people's music heard that you just kind of have to keep at it. Wow. That's great. And get an early start earlier, the better, as I I mentioned before, people are pitching features and reviews two to three months out for blogs. And I mean, if it's a print magazine, it definitely has to be like two or three months out. So, yeah. Okay. That's great advice. That's, and I mean, that's really, 
I, it's encouraging advice. It's not just good advice. It's, it's encouraging to, to, to know you're not alone. <laughs> oh, I mean, totally, man. I mean, believe me, like there are times you get stuck in your echo chamber and you're like, Oh my God, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. Cares. I have this record. That's amazing. <laughs> that I fully believe in that. I support 100%. It's amazing. If only people could just hear it and nobody cares. Yeah. You know, Oh, wow. <clears throat> that's what you're saying yeah. yourself, at least you know, obviously people care yeah. but it's like you, you get to that point where you, you just feel like rejection after rejection or oh, just for sure ignored email after ignored email and you're just like man what the hell <laughs> so you know when it happens to everyone it happens to everyone so that's a- don't feel like you're the only one and if you believe in it keep it up amazing just keep talking about it amazing. even if you're not even talking about it to um, a journalist or whatever, you, you know, if you are part of like a stupid Facebook listening group, mm. like, dude, I, I put this record out. It's great. You guys should check it out. Yeah. And then if it's good enough, you know, word of mouth will spread, you know, totally the cream rises to the top. Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. That's the general idea. <laughs> Listen, Bill, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a ton of fun. You, you're um, 2009, so you have a 10-year coming up next year. Do you have any plans for that? No, we, we're not. I mean, we're not ones for self-aggrandizing okay. necessarily. There's talks going right now of us doing a, a sort of label festival at the end of the year. Okay. We're trying to get that put together in, in Chicago. Um, and we're trying to work that out. I'm not going to give out any details sure. on that because it's still, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Think if it falls apart, I don't want people to be like, you said this. Uh, <laughs> no, one, so, nobody's going to listen to this. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't sell yourself. Come on. <laughs> um, so, but you know, it's, 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 it, it's not, you know, it, it feels weird for a label like ours, like somebody like us, like, like, what impact have we had for us to sit there and be like, 10 years, guys, can you believe it? Uh, you know, well, it, you, ten, it feels weird, but, but you know. it, it's not though. 10 years is, is amazing. It's a big, deal. I mean, it, 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 it feels as a personal milestone that, you know, I don't feel the need to sort of like celebrate publicly. It's like, you know, it's a, it, it feels great to know that people have cared enough that we can keep releasing music that we believe in. Mm. So that is definitely something worth celebrating. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Well, thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're you're welcome. All the best. Let's stay in touch. Thanks. And thanks to everyone who listened to our first episode. I really appreciate it. Um, You can visit us at otherrecordlabels.com and subscribe to a mailing list to find out about more episodes. um, Or you can subscribe through iTunes, which would be awesome. find out more about Trouble in Mind Records, visit their website, Trouble in Mind Rex, that's spelled R-E-C-S dot com, troubleinmindrex.com, or their Bandcamp, which is troubleinmindrecords.bandcamp.com. They're on Twitter and Facebook as well. And if you have uh, some spare cash, head to the record store and, and flip a record around. And, and when you find one that says Trouble in Mind, uh, pick a copy up. Thanks for listening.